Bruce Lawn. The homie, the professor. I don't know if you're giving out your government name. I know your government name. Can I say your government name? Absolutely. Grayson here. Thank you for being hey, here, brother. Thanks for the time. Super man. excited. A lot of people don't know that you're a Christian, bro, yeah. and, and that you love Jesus and yeah. and uh, and been walking with the Lord for quite a while. So let's just jump right in, man. Sh- share some of your testimony, and then we'll kind of go back and go over like the cool M1 stuff and your YouTube and all that. But how did you become a believer and follower of Jesus? For sure. Um, I actually became a follower of Christ 2011. Um, not as traditional as some people's. I actually came to faith at a funeral. Mm. So one of my teammates at the time, he was my closest friend, uh, Troy Jackson, a.k.a. Escalade. Mm-hmm. He's playing on AM1. Mm-hmm. Um, he actually passed away with a heart attack mm. uh, 2011. Mm-hmm. And so uh, we had been talking a little bit about faith before he passed away. Apparently he had got saved like a year prior to that. Oh, so he was sharing his faith with you. Yeah, Whoa. he was sharing his faith with me. And uh, his brother is Mark Jackson. Mm-hmm. So, you know, analyst, you know, ex-NBA mm-hmm. great. Mm-hmm. And he was actually also a pastor at the time. I didn't even know this mm-hmm. until actually he's preaching at the funeral. Mm. So at the funeral, uh, he was talking about Christ. And it was sort of, for me, it was reminiscent of some things I'd heard of in my childhood because I went to a Christian preschool. And then I went to a Christian high school my senior year only. Mm. Went to a private school just for more opportunity with basketball Mm -hmm. in an attempt to play college ball. And uh, next thing I know, he's saying some things that were like reminiscent for me, talking about Christ. And then he did an altar call Mm -hmm. at the end of it. And I think like half the building went up there and gave their life to Christ. I don't don't know what kind of transformation came for that for most people, but I know for me, it was uh, real. It was life changing. (laughs) That's dope, man. And and you said you went to a Christian preschool and your senior year of high school, you transferred to a Christian high school to pursue basketball, but that was kind of the first time you got exposed to this idea of Jesus. And tell me, yeah. tell us that story, because that's a funny story when you're in a, hearing about him and you're mm. like, yo, what the heck? Yeah, so I had a Bible class in, in my high school, and I remember hearing about Christ when I was little in preschool. I was, in, I was even in like a choir and, you know, <laughs> school plays or whatever, but I had kind of forgotten about it, going yeah. to public school right. my whole life. And then senior year, go back to this Christian school. So I started hearing about the faith, hearing about Christ and we're studying, you know, scripture and stuff like that. And I remember one of my homies who was on my team, mm-hmm. uh, he was in the Bible class with me. And I remember I turned around and looked at him. I was like, so like, I was like, Jesus is real. Like, <laughs> I was like, it's like, it's not like, like Santa, like it's real. And it's funny cause he was actually Christian too. And he leans in and he goes, I think so. Yeah. That That's was, such a cool answer. Like, I, I, yeah, I'm, yeah, I think so. It's not like Santa. <laughs> yeah, this is a very honest answer, you know, yeah. from an eight, 17 year old, you know what I mean? Right, right. Uh, so, prior to you going to that, to, uh, you know, RIP Escalade, his funeral, mm-hmm. you were already booming with basketball. You were already in LA. Mm-hmm. Things were looking good, but yet you kind of hit rock bottom in a way. Um, talk about what led up to that in, in terms of just. Um, you know, obviously the M one thing was mm-hmm. was popping, and 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 then you were in L A. and it just you, you just things weren't going so well. Yeah, yeah. So M one goes crazy. You know, ninety nine two thousand. I end up getting on. And I was a fan. Mm-hmm. Just tried out for N one at a random tryout. I went to the game as a fan. Mm-hmm. Next thing I know, it's a career opportunity. By the end of the summer, mm-hmm. signed with N one. Won this nationwide contest. It was a reality show on ESPN. So we go seven or eight seasons of that, and then we come to 2008. Um, There's a big company buyout. Mm-hmm. So a company that already owned like seven or eight brands yeah. 
bought and won just because it looked good on paper for the numbers. They really actually didn't know much about basketball, period. Mm. Much less streetball. Yeah. So, Which is like a whole nother subgenre and subculture at that time. At that time especially, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, so it just goes away overnight. We don't even get a call. Our contracts expire. We don't even get a call like, yo, we're not going to move forward. It was just Jeez. we didn't hear from them. So Jeez. no checks coming in. I remember at one point I had less than $200 in my bank account. And um, I just had to make it happen. So I'm doing, like, these one-off games because I would still get bookings here and there. Mm -hmm. And so I start my YouTube channel up in 2009 mm -hmm. because as we were doing N1 and going to foreign countries, I'm noticing people over the water are saying, like, yo, I love your work. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, thanks for checking out the show. Mm -hmm. And they're like, no, I've seen your stuff on YouTube. So mm -hmm. I really started looking into it. And I actually had a homie start flooding YouTube with my videos to get bookings. Mm. But then I realized it became an AdSense game later. So I started my own channel in 2009 around the same time. I'm going mm. broke. And uh, just doing YouTube stuff here and there. And then we were about to start up Ball Up, mm -hmm. which was supposed to be like the revamp of the revamp. One. I remember that. Um, but it didn't quite work out. But as we're promoting the launch of that All-Star Weekend out here in Los Angeles, mm -hmm. he, you know, SK passed with a heart attack. So, Jeez. Yeah. So... You give your life to Christ. Yeah. You you're in a pretty rough season. Your 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 buddy passes away. Mm -hmm. um, you know, there was no trajectory path for street ballers at the time. Now at least there's some kind of like you you've kind of laid out the formula for a lot of these brothers coming up. Um, and you jump into the content space. Yeah. How long? I mean, you said 2009 is when you launched your YouTube. Yeah. So how long before it clicked? Like yo. This can be something like this. There's some there's some future mm -hmm. in this where you don't have to just be an athlete in this kind of this subgenre, which mm -hmm. was really just kept afloat for a long time by N1 and it was yeah. thriving and then it went away. How long until like YouTube started popping off and you thought, whoa, this could be something fly? Well, I would say right away I knew that it could be something big, but I vision it in a different way. So like mm -hmm. I was telling you. Those people who would approach me, I, I remember I'm in Paris, France, and mm -hmm. somebody running up on me like, well, professor, you know, <laughs> they don't even know I'd say anything, but you know, they were, I know that they were showing love. I take yeah. a picture yeah. and they're like, YouTube, YouTube, they're mentioning yeah, that. So, yeah, yeah. so the way I framed it up then in my mind was like, oh, this is like your own TV channel. Yep. Like this is a free TV channel yep. without a gatekeeper. Come on. My gatekeeper back then is like. Signed to the entity of N one, yep. they have the relationship with ESPN, right? And so I'm like three three people removed yeah. directly from the distribution. So I'm like, this is free TV channel Come distribution. On. That's crazy. Yeah. So I'm like, this could be big, but I saw it as a way to just get out there and then get booked because back then it was all about the live show. Mm. So twenty, you know, fast forward 2013. I had a viral video of Spider-Man Basketball Episode 1, and it was a Which I didn't know that was you until this morning when me and crazy. my son were watching videos, and uh, and I did not put it out, because I remember that going crazy wild, and I had no idea that was you. Yeah. So 2014, that's when that goes viral. 2013. 2013, yeah. okay. Shout out to my homie, Rob Monroe. He came up with that whole concept, showed me how to use a DSLR, all this stuff. But yeah, it was my first actual attempt at making a video just for YouTube. Yeah. Everything else was like I played in the game, I tried to gather the footage, yep. throw up a little highlight mix. Yep. So we did that. It mixed cosplay, it mixed prank, it mixed basketball, and it just had like a swag to it too. So yeah. um, that goes viral, yeah. six mil in a week. <sighs> Um, I go from 17,000 subscribers to 650K in one week. Sheesh. <laughs> so right, right away, I'm like, wow. 
Like I'm making more money overnight, mm -hmm. virtually. I'm yeah. making more money off this than I am touring. Wow. So until that point, I knew this is like a thing. N1 ended in 2000 and 2008. Eight. The N1 mixtape tour stopped airing on ESPN, but N1 the brand is still around today. Okay. Yeah. What was the what was the you were obviously having your travel paid for, but how well was like the compensation back then in terms of like getting booked for these like one-offs? Like how well were you? Are you talking five figures, six figures? Like how how good was the money at its peak just on your own getting booked? Um, it was good when I f I think my first contract with Air One was like seventy or eighty k, and then by the end, I remember I grossed over a million dollars, or or excuse me, almost a million dollars. Wow. Uh, 2007 and then 08 had another big year too so i think it's at at certain points depending on who was the headliner who was mm -hmm. most marketable people mm -hmm. were always making six figures and throughout the whole run definitely grossed several million dollars <sighs> yeah but I blew playing it all. playing <laughs> basketball that is so cool but as you said you, you blew, it, blew all. it all at a certain point but i was i was so young you know you th you get all this money when you're 18 19 and uh my parents let me be like a little bit independent and yeah. figure it out but yeah. you know you think it's endless. Yeah. Yeah. As you get popping on YouTube, though, you are, you, you, you've gone broke once, right? And, 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 and something about people who can, who can, who can go through that usually, and they're talented, usually can figure it out a second time, in my opinion. So then the second time YouTube explodes, AdSense is starting to become a thing. You're going viral with the Spider Man. What was different about the second time of you kind of flourishing financially and bubbling mm -hmm. up? How did you handle it different the second time? Oh, man. Just, Especially being Christian, you know, better steward of the money, the whole the whole view of everything and the goal is really to inspire and impact the people mm -hmm. as opposed to where before I didn't really strategize what my main goal mm. was, but it probably was just to get, you know, get money, yeah. uh, uh, have fame from being good at basketball, yeah. you know, and stuff like that. So the goal initially was, hey, I just want to get famous. Yeah, it's get, like you want you want to make it and live the good life yeah. or whatever that supposedly yeah. is. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, so yeah. this this time around is to impact, try to honor God with the platform. Yeah. And then be a better steward of whatever comes my way. And uh, just a whole different approach. And then just, I was in like, I'm still today just living in gratitude. You know yeah. what I mean? You can't find me complaining because yeah. most people would get a little, little shine uh, or have fame for a few years. Yeah. After that wave or your prime is over, you don't really get a second chance. Yeah. yeah. So the fact that YouTube and this opportunity gave me a second chance, I'm like so thankful. And even today, you know what I mean? Yeah. If I just finish playing basketball and I'm healthy, yep. you know what I mean? We get to shoot video, yep. I play, yep. we end healthy. Yep. Can't find me complaining, man. That's so cool. <laughs> I think the point about the second chance, I think the point about your your focus shifting, right? Meaning that um, it's interesting in watching your content that it's, mm -hmm. it's not like overtly Christian. And a lot of people are finding out right now, like, oh, that's so cool. He's a Christian, right? Mm -hmm. But I think that's, that's, really cool that there's wholesome like family appropriate content mm -hmm. and you're i mean you're embarrassing some of these guys on the basketball court and you're so like gracious about it and mm -hmm. so humble about it right which is like not streetball culture like even the way you talk trash when you just seldom times i've seen you talk trash it's even in a very like encouraging way right mm -hmm. yeah. so how has your faith now impacted how you carry yourself on and off the court mm -hmm. Um, well, especially doing what we do, like you said, people are getting embarrassed and stuff. So I already know you're going to ruffle feathers trying to make a great video because controversy does sell. Yep. But what I have found is that if I approach it, um, 
in an uplifting way, mm -hmm. you know, try, try to like represent Christ while I play, which is very difficult. I find I still find it very difficult yeah. at times. Yeah. Well, because basketball is so competitive, and street ball has that like built-in thing yeah. in it. You know what I mean? So like, yeah, keep talking about that because I have I have a lot of questions about basketball. But go yeah, ahead. no, I find that very difficult. You know, like there's been days you can find me not being the greatest sport. That's for sure today. But but for the most part, I do try to find myself going in there with the injury and with a, a a whole attitude that I want to big up everybody there. Mm -hmm. It's about mutual love. If you do good, you're gonna be on the video looking good, and yeah. and we're just gonna go back and forth. Um, so I try to uh, just bring that to the court so yeah. that usually I find whatever energy you give out when you hit the court, that's kind of what you're gonna get back yep. for the most part. For the most part. Unless you go to certain areas and it's getting a little rough. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it is what it is, right? Like, it's, there's so much ego attached to basketball that a lot of places that we go, this is going to be controversial innately, yeah. but I still can approach it uh, from a good, positive, like, Christ-like attitude yeah. as much as I can, and it's still going to be taken in a much different way than it would have if I would have came in there kind of like abrasive. You know? Yeah, yeah, and you're going in there with a bullseye on you because yeah. a lot of these guys have some awareness who you are as the professor from M1, or have probably seen the Spider-Man stuff, put the two and two together. So you come and go, go, you're going into a hostile environment yeah. in a way. Um, has it ever gotten like? violent or potentially like close to like anything crazy happening when you were shooting these videos um well there's they have a video that went viral from a cba game in china okay where a dude actually picked me up and like threw me oh i didn't <laughs> see this okay talk about well, that well i was doing a move off the heezy move which is highly controversial uh -huh. especially for when the, you bounce it off the person's yeah head. the hypersensitive era today <laughs> that's like the most offensive thing you know yeah. back in the 90s and 2000s this is like a funny move yeah you know i mean it doesn't hurt it's like yeah. painless but I was playing against a 22-year-old from China who didn't even speak English, not familiar with street ball culture. Mm. Big dude, you know, 6'4", six, 6'5". Six, Two plays prior to that, I crossed him over and he fell. Okay. And I made so you already embarrassed him. <laughs> so, so his home crowd, because for him, it was a preseason game for the CBA, which is their NBA, mm -hmm. and they were just playing an American team. So... His home crowd was now on our side. Like they could, they were loving the show because we mm. went in there playing streetball style, mm -hmm. even though it's it's still like of the rules, right? Yeah. But what happened was, I come I came back down after he fell and I scored, and then I went by him like he fouled me, but the crowd was loving it because I was kind of like doing some moves. Mm -hmm. Then next time I come down, I try to go off the heezy, but he oh, moved his no. head. You know, sometimes it doesn't always go perfect. He moved his head as the ball was in the air, so it like hit him off the side of the head, and it was yeah. kind of ugly. Like it didn't look like a smooth move. Yeah. And so he probably didn't even know that move. He just thought I was, like, disrespected. Oh, no. So uh, yeah. So he picked you up? Benches cleared, <laughs> picked me up, threw me. So th that happened. And then outside of that, though, like, you know, just shooting videos straight for content. Yeah. Sometimes it gets personal. I got tied up with a dude a couple weeks ago. It got, like, somebody had to step in. And, like, I wasn't going to fight, dude. But, like, you know, he was all rowdy. But... You know that's why it's it's a it's a hard balance, right? But yeah. but you want to come in there for the most part with as much integrity as you can, yeah. and still have fun and still be like of the culture. Because being a Christian, you're always gonna be counterculture regardless. Yeah. So yeah, the, the the I see so many parallels between hip hop and basketball, right? Yeah. And it, and it's, it's very similar in 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 the sense that in ba in basketball, uh, there is built in trash talking. That's very much so. A part of that, and for the most part, I think most folks know like 
we're playing. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. you're playing with your buddies. You're playing. As a Christian, I've definitely, we were talking about this when we were grabbing food. Like, I've had to go out of my way to affirm the opponents mm-hmm. and to affirm mm-hmm. the people on the other team. But I, I wouldn't say, like, I, I'm definitely not the way I was before I was saved. But I, we still have fun, and we still talk, and we laugh, and it's usually all good mm-hmm. uh, amongst ourselves. But there's these parallels. And then in hip-hop, obviously, there's there's a degree of, like, Kind of, kind of talking about how cool you are and you're you're rapping and all that kind of stuff, right? Um, do you do? You, is there ever a time where you kind of struggle reconciling the two, right? Mm-hmm. In terms of like, like where's that line for you where you can have fun and talk a little trash, but but at the same time you know that it's not that serious, you know? Or, or hopefully everybody is in. Like, mm-hmm. hey, we just having fun. It's the culture. Mm-hmm. Well, I think you make a good point. It's a hard line to walk. Yeah, you know. Yeah. I think, uh, <laughs> like I said. Not every time out are you going to find me A1 Christ-like like I probably should be. Uh-huh. Um, just a couple weeks ago, we were hooping in Newport Beach, and some dudes came in, and they were, like, a little abrasive. And the next thing I know, like, every play is a foul. You know mm. what I mean? So most times I play, people don't want to get embarrassed. So they tend to just, like, grab me. You know, mm. that that's the that's the reaction. Play yep. with their hands. They don't slide their feet. Mm-hmm. and go and grab it. And it's really hard to just smile and kind of, you know, because, I mean, you want to call a foul, but a lot of times they don't agree with it yeah. or whatever. So it's hard to replay through that and be a good sport. Yeah. So uh, I find that in that line is hard to walk. But I think at the end of the day, it's just constantly having to like remind yourself that if you zoom out in a big picture, like that game's not that big a deal. Yep. You know what I mean? Yep. Like yep. It, at the end of the day, it's there's no championship rings going around. Yep. It's more important to to you know honor God. Yep. And yeah, I, I try to stay big picture minded. Yeah. You know I love it. There's people watching this who may want to get into the YouTube content space. They are um, experts in a certain field. You're an expert in basketball. They're mm-hmm. also Christians. Mm-hmm. And they're wrestling with how to reconcile. Um, how do I make content as a Christian, mm. but it's not necessarily Christian content. Mm. You're not quoting Bible verses and preaching in your videos, but mm-hmm. you're a Christian. Clearly, your worldview is reflected in, in, in just your entire approach, your, mm-hmm. your system, but you're not there. Your channel and your content doesn't necessarily exist to evangelize the mm-hmm. gospel, right? Um, what advice could you give for some folks that are sitting in that are like, yo, like, I, I'm countercultural. I'm a artist. Maybe they're a rapper. Maybe they're a, a YouTuber, but it's they don't want to make... What I make, right, which is like mm-hmm. Bible-centered, faith-centered stuff. What advice would you give for someone like that in terms of them potentially wanting to get in the content space mm-hmm. as a Christian but not necessarily making Christian content? Mm. Um, I guess, and I think a lot of people find this hard, you got to really put yourself in the viewer's seat, you know? Mm. You you have to make content that's of value to a stranger Come or, on. or people who are into yeah. a, a certain genre yes. or culture or something yes. like that. So. It has to be extra funny. It, it's got to be jaw-dropping cool. It's got to teach them something. Mm. Uh, it has to be like one of, yeah. you know, there's only so many different pockets yeah. of value you can add. Value is the key, though. Yeah, va- value is the key. you got to come up with something that's of value. But you better, whatever it is you're doing, you better love it because you're going to have to upload in mass and you're going to have to do it in longevity if you want to have a success rate. Because YouTube now with the algorithm spin, you could actually grow quicker uh if you if you can actually be successful at YouTube now and grow pretty, you're a good example of that, mm-hmm. right? You're growing really fast. You're uploading a lot of content. Yep. But I think that today you got to be better than you did back in the day when mm-hmm. YouTube was more vacant. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because now it's a lot more competition. More competition yeah. So you better like what you're doing because you're going to have to do it a lot. Yeah. And you're going to have to do it in longevity to be successful. I'd say YouTube is like a five to seven year time investment just to yeah. see. Yeah. 
if it's going to work. I mean, some people blow up in a year. Yep. My thing, I blew up in like a week. That's crazy, yeah. but I did have an audience prior. Yes, yes. And some people, it's like five to seven years, and then they start getting thousands of views per video. Yeah. So it's different for everybody, but you better love whatever you're doing. Yeah, that's good. We, uh, Me and you are the same age. Um, you graduated a year before me from high school. I'm class of 03 or class of 02. Mm. We were earlier talking about LeBron yeah. and how um, you know he is in his... He's the same year as me. He's class of 03. Uh, actually, think we got the same birthday. I think his birthday is a, a day before mine. I think he's December 30th. So I grew up watching LeBron. Um, what do you think about just where fitness and health and all these things are going, where that window of remaining healthy as an athlete mm-hmm. is being pushed further and further and further out? Mm-hmm. And how is that affecting what you're doing in, in, in terms of, you know, you're in your mid-30s and you're still, like, you know, I asked you, like, did you, when did you hit your peak? And you're like, I still feel like I'm getting better. <laughs> yeah. right? And I feel the same way on the court. I mean, obviously, you're maybe someday we'll get to play together, but you're on a whole nother level. Um, what do you make of all, like, where this sport is going, where, like, technology and fitness is going for guys like LeBron to be potentially better as he's getting older? Yeah, LeBron's definitely trailblazing in that, a special athlete. But, I, yeah, I do think that people will play later. Mm-hmm. I do. I, I, it's hard for me to say, like, where that'll land. But mm-hmm. do I think the NBA players, it'll become the norm to play into your 40s? I actually do. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if they'll be like LeBron, where they, like, continue yeah. to get better because he's just, like, a special athlete. Yep. But, I mean, even for me, we were talking about this, too. There's been so many strides in, in sports therapy, sports mm-hmm. medicine, sports mm-hmm. treatment. Yep. Like, I recently, I, I tore my Achilles, mm-hmm. you know, just, just uh, almost two years ago. Mm-hmm. And it took a year and a half to recover, but I didn't lose a step mm. as far as quickness and everything goes. I found out later, Isaiah Thomas, the legendary, you know, the mm. Bad Boys Pistons, mm. Isaiah Thomas, he retired off the Achilles at 32 years old. Wow, I didn't know that. Shaquille O'Neal retired off the Achilles when he was in Boston. Mm. Um, if you look at the stats of like people who had that injury, they they never really came back the same. Like Dominique Wilkins is the only person to come back and do better numbers. Mm. But now we look at like a KD. Mm-hmm. KD tore the Achilles. He looks, he might be better than he was <laughs> before mm. he went down. You know what I mean? So, so I think that the strides that they're making in um, rehab, mm-hmm. you know, sports treatment, mm-hmm. like you said, health and fitness. Mm-hmm. It's hard to say where it'll land, but I do know that people are going to be playing much longer, and I can totally see it being the norm at a certain point. If you play basketball, you just play into your forties. Yeah. LeBron and his son in the league at the same time on the same team. You think it's gonna happen? You know, it, it's funny because like I feel like LeBron is so he's such like he's so entrepreneurial mm-hmm. and like so good at uh, putting himself in situations that tend to work out. I almost feel like if it was his goal mm-hmm. to play with his son and be on the same team, like I feel like if anybody could pull it off, mm-hmm. it would be LeBron. So do I see it happening? I'm gonna say yeah. Yeah. That would be I'm cool, say, yeah. man. That would be so cool if that happens. Like, I'm I'm legitimately, uh, I would legitimately be excited if that happens. I think I think that would be such a cool thing to see. Me too. And his son is a beast too. He's not, he's not, I feel like, I feel like Bronny will be an incredible, incre- he'll, I think he'll be a good pro. Like, like it's hard because, you know, Pops is a first ballot Hall of Famer, yeah. arguably the GOAT. So yeah. he's always these unfair comparisons. Yep. Yep. But I actually, I saw some recent footage of him like doing a windmill, looked yeah. like he had a little bit more grown man strength yeah. going into this next season. And I think he's going to be like a special yeah. player. So 
Yeah. Yeah. You think the game getting more about the jumper and the three-pointer has helped him preserve some of his his uh, fitness? Because he if, the game evolved, but he evolved with the game evolving. So it wasn't – I feel like when we came up, it was way more about, like, flashy drive dunk. It seems to be more about, like – And big man. Yeah, and big man, way in the deep now. Yeah. So Yeah, so the game of the 90s was definitely get to the cup, dump it to the big man, mm-hmm. hit a three every once in a while. Mm-hmm. Work on your mid range. Mm-hmm. Steph Curry changed the game. You know, I think I think it's actually credit to Steph. Curry yeah, for sure, changing the game and making. Shout the- out Steph if you're watching this, Steph Curry. I know you're a Christian too, bro. So he might be on here. Oh, that dude's a beast, <laughs> man. That dude's a beast. But um, yeah, absolutely. So I say Steph changed the game, and I think yeah, I think it works in LeBron's favor, hundred percent. I mean, you're seeing LeBron. Not only does his jumper get better every year, but he's able to shoot that thing further out, mm-hmm. and that just means less work. To be yeah. honest, yeah, I was always wondering. Why Steph, uh, or excuse me, why LeBron didn't put more of a low post game? Uh, mm. Yeah, because he's what his, six nine. Yeah, why, why didn't he really utilize the post more? Kind of like Jordan and Kobe, yeah. where they could uh, conserve more energy. Yep. Um, but it's interesting because he's almost gone to more of the jump shot route, which mm-hmm. may even be less energy, just in a different way. So, mm. so yeah, the game has changed. You know, I think um, it's a perimeter game. It's run yeah. and gun. It's a three point game. I yeah. mean. Bigs aren't as utilized as they used to be, you know. I love how much information there's out there about the technical side of, of, of dribbling now, mm. right? Just the, the the power of the first step driving the momentum. There's a lot of content being made of of, of how to demystify some of the stuff that you do mm-hmm. that looks like incredible, but it's it's kind of more or less physics. Are you keeping yeah. an eye on some of these new creators that are really breaking down and demystifying how technical the crossover, the, the making people fall, all that kind of stuff is. Yeah, hundred percent. Um, what's the guy? PJ Performance. Mm-hmm. Actually, He's dope. actually went to his place uh, a few months back. We mm-hmm. shot a video. Shout out to PJ for checking this out. Cool cat. But yeah, I love the way he was breaking it down. I'd never seen anybody get that technical yeah. with it. Talking about just movement. It's yeah. actually movement in general, yeah. right? Movement broken down. Yeah. So I thought that was really cool. I do think though. It's hard. It's it's a hard thing to break down, mm-hmm. like you said, demystify, mm-hmm. and to because it looks like utter wizardry. Yeah. Like when you're watching you and you're like, well, how did he do that? <laughs> like my son was sitting there bugging out like you mm-hmm. were a magician. <laughs> so when you when you see someone really break down a technique of it, it's like, whoa, this is actually really cool. Yeah. No, I, I think I think it is cool they're trying to break it down logistically because I think with basketball there are a lot of things that are untaught that elite players do, and I think movement probably isn't utilized enough. I found recently, when I tried to teach people, like, one-off moves that I do that Mm -hmm. they can incorporate to their game, it didn't quite work because in order for it to work, I would have had to to break down the foundation of how I actually step to the defense Mm -hmm. and my whole stance as opposed to just those one-off moves because I have, like, a whole, like, unique pocket stance of how I move, and there's different movement and explosion yeah. In that, yeah. so, so I think getting into the technicalities of that is is interesting to explore. Yeah. I don't know where that'll land. But. Yeah, well, I think Allen Iverson kind of like evolved and like the first time we saw the crossover in this modern form. And I feel like where where you and some of the N one guys took it was was even more so, like you said, with the movement. Mm-hmm. And now it's becoming more accessible. Like 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 mm-hmm. the like understanding what's happening technically is, is drills you can do on your own now. Um, your game has changed. You're shooting crazy now, which is like really cool because you used to do a lot of you know drive and mm. sweet layup. Now it's like 
It's like you don't miss when you pull the jumper up. Yes. You spent a lot of time intentionally changing your mm. game as well. Talk about that. Yeah, well, I appreciate it. But, uh, yeah, so a um, guy by the name Mike Pemberthy is actually head of player development, assistant coach for the Los Angeles Lakers. He played, actually, for the Lakers with Kobe and Shaq um, in the early 2000s. Dude's a beast, a good friend of mine. I was actually training with him about seven or eight years ago, and I was doing shooting workouts with this dude. And he was out shooting me like like he was making me look bad in a mm. shooting workout for like an hour or whatever. So I was like, "You got to help me out. Man. How can I get some of this range? Because yeah. this dude, this dude shoots as good as like a Steph Curry. Like wow. literally, if he if he did a work shooting workout with Steph Curry, yeah. they wouldn't look too far apart. Wow, he's that good of a shooter. So um, I scrapped my whole thing. I, don't, I think I was even like I was even 25, 26, 27 years old. I changed my whole shot mm. and. Uh, as I got older, mm-hmm. I actually take things from d- other hoopers, you know, that I incorporate in my game. So I started even, like, I changed my whole stance up mm. f- from how I, I uh, approach the defense and start to attack. I even changed my whole posture and stance up mm. about 2013. Wow. So my game is way different than, like, like per se, when I used to hoop with an one yeah. or back in the day, and it's kind of helped me a lot. Yeah. That's so cool. Um Guys, if you have any questions, drop some of the questions in the chat. We're going to do a few questions. Um and, uh, and, and, and if you have any, drop them in. Uh, my question for you is, where do you see yourself pivoting to next from basketball? Mm-hmm. Because um, you don't, you know, I mean, well, I'm, I'm planning to play in my 50s, but maybe you're not making banger, crazy crossover, mm-hmm. making people fall into mm-hmm. your 50s. Uh, where do you see yourself kind of pivoting as a, as a content creator? Mm-hmm. You know, to be honest, I don't, I don't have it fully mapped out, but I think taking it in strides and always, like, putting one foot in uh, other places, like like into, one foot into gaming, yeah. one foot into reacting, yeah. one foot into maybe, like you say, you told me, hey, interviewing people yeah. or something like that, yeah. and slowly kind of seeing where it uh, takes me over time is kind of yeah. the route I'm going to take yeah. because I'm like you. I want to I wanna play until I'm 45, 50, yeah. but I, I would only play if there's, like, market demand for me playing and I can play it in entertaining high level. Yeah. I think I think if that's not there, I'm not going to force it. Sure, yep. Yep. But, um, yeah, so there's that. Uh, throughout my whole career, I actually have uh, done acting off and on throughout my whole career. So oh, okay. I, I would like – I was working on a couple um, – developing a couple projects in that area too. Yep. Um, but as far as strictly content, you know, slating it more to lifestyle or more from uh, reacting to the game, teaching the game, talking about the game. Yeah. That seems organic. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, some good questions coming in. Were you ever able to meet Michael Jordan? Never was able to meet MJ. Ah, Funny enough. That's still a dream of mine, by the way. (laughs) Funny enough, 2015, I was supposed to go to the Jordan camp at Santa Barbara. Uh and Because I knew one of the dudes that worked the Jordan camp every year. And he was a friend of MJ's. uh, And I was supposed to go with him up there. But he had asked the Jordan camp if I could come up there. And they actually said no. Hmm. They said that they felt like for the Jordan brand it would be a bad look if I went in there. And shook hands with MJ, and then all the kids were like, "Oh, professor!" They they said that they felt it would shine too much of a light on and one. Oh away no, from the Jordan brand. I hadn't played for and one in eight years at that point. Yeah. So, I, but but from their mainstream, you know, vantage uh, point of view, yeah, they kind of related me to and one still at that point. So it felt like it'd be a bad look. So I didn't yeah. get to meet him, but. That's cool. Uh, another good question. Have you ever had an opportunity to share the gospel or share Jesus with anybody uh, at, at the court, after the court, in, in the context of basketball? Uh, well, tons of people in the context of basketball, whether it be teammates or, like, personal combos that I had and stuff like that. Not so much 
in the like in the heat of battle or like yeah after. I don't know if anyone's like yo uh, John 316 Jesus loves you <laughs> not, not, not so much day of yeah not so much day of but definitely like through my platform with like ministry events yeah, yeah I guess those ones yeah because uh, I've done stuff at like Christian colleges or yeah. whatever um, and then just like personal combos with teammates and stuff yeah, yeah. that's so cool um, let's see uh, what uh, I'm, try, I'm trying to get some good ones what does the professor like to do when not playing basketball? That's a good question. Well, my friends would actually consider me a workaholic. Uh, and the reason I'm working so much is because I'm having so much fun mm -hmm. when I record videos that it doesn't feel like work. You know what I mean? I mean, I do. we do work hard. Mm -hmm. There are certain initiatives we got to cover. I'm, I'm, I'm hard on my guys, you know, just trying to keep them hustling and stuff. But... Um, Free time is very regular. You know, pre-COVID, it was like go to the movies, mm -hmm. like to go to the beach, hang with friends. Yeah. Uh, You're a normal guy. I love to work out. Yeah, yeah. I go on a run it's a few times a week. I love going to the gym and train. Those are my friends up there. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, very, very, very normal stuff. I watch a lot of YouTube myself. I stumbled onto your channel just mm -hmm. in the YouTube algorithm. That's so cool, man. Yeah. What inspires you to start the brand, Global Hooper? Talk, talk about that. Yeah, thanks for asking. Um Global Hooper, I started uh, 2017. The name Global Hooper was actually inspired by after and when I kind of tried to rebrand. Mm -hmm. And I was like, what do I call myself? And I was like, well, I hoop Global. So mm -hmm. Global Hooper had a cool ring to it. Mm -hmm. So actually, when I started my Instagram, I was at Global Hooper. And I was mm -hmm. actually going to just go away from the professor and because it seemed dated at that point. Mm -hmm. um, but as my content grew, people were kind of like connecting the dots. Mm -hmm. So I kind of went back to the professor. But I did like the name Global Hooper. So getting to hoop. In, in, you know, over 40 countries throughout my career, mm -hmm. I just felt like it was fitting. But also, I liked the name of it and the fact that, uh, for me, basketball has always been a bridge to, like, make friends in other cultures and yeah. different parts of the world. Yeah. And so I wanted to start a community of Global Hooper. It's like bringing people together through basketball. A lot of questions about hot sauce, you versus mm. hot sauce one-on-one, -on -one, uh -huh. or bone collector. Who do you, mm. who do you think wins? Uh, well, what people don't know is hot sauce is almost 50 years old. He's not a, he's not a, well, he was always 10 years older than me. Whoa. But, you know, he, he's like an idol of mine. That's like the OG. Yeah. So, like, I never, in my, like, I never pit myself, like, against yeah. hot sauce. Like, we were going at it when I first got on. Uh -huh. I was 18. He was, like, 28. Yeah. Um, And we would go at it. But, I mean, all those guys were better than me at that yeah. time. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, I believe we played... I think Hossels and I play one-on-one -on -one a few games. I may have got one game, but he definitely won the majority of the yeah. games. And yeah. I didn't know they were so much older than you. I forget. I forget that. Like, yeah. when when I when I realized we were the same age, yeah. I was like, yo, like I was in high school and you were with you were just fresh out of high school playing with these grown men. Yeah, and so yeah, so when you talk about Hossels today, I, I would imagine Hossels still in good shape. Probably even still does hoop. Yeah. But I wouldn't like we're not gonna be on no one on one stuff, you know. Right, bro, right. man, that dude's got two kids, you know what I mean? So, and then like Bone Collector's like a good friend of mine, like, which yeah. I still talk to Bone Collector weekly, yeah. And so, but you know, he, he's training, he, he's kind of like transitioned into a season where he's still an influencer doing his thing, mm -hmm. but you know, he, he's training youth, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. He's training pros and some NBA players. He was just working with Nate Robinson like last week, yeah. So as far as, like, turning it into, like, a one-on-one -on -one showdown, we're not even really thinking like that. I feel like that's an early 20s. That's yeah. a 20s mentality. Like, yes. you're still in that season. You're trying to be the best. Yeah. My, my duty these days is to entertain and impact people through my platform, you know, on digital. And that's yeah. how I view it. And that's not always, like, that's not a be the best mentality. Yeah. It's just, yeah. like, 
you know, it's the same way. It's the same way for for me in the sense that I, you know, starting as a rapper, you got this like I want to be the best rapper, and then you you grow up a little bit, and you're like, yo, I could be way more effective just inspiring people and helping people. Um, so mm-hmm. that that I, I relate to that a lot. Uh, yeah. uh, Plus, I, I think it's too small ball too. Like like I was sit here talk about who's the best one v one. Like like at the end of the day, if I was trying to be the best, we're trying to make the NBA. Yeah, you, you know what I mean. Yeah. Like, Have you? Did, did, was that ever a thought for you? Yeah. Uh, like like after N one pre N one, what was? Yeah, because that's that's an interesting conversation because the NBA is, is, is such an elite level, but you're at an elite level. But if for the average, for me, I don't know the gap. Like I don't know what is like. Mm-hmm. This is elite for street ball versus like this is elite. And someone could guard Kobe or guard LeBron, you know. Like, was that something that you ever were aspiring for, trying out for? Was that was that in the cards? How did that work? This is a great topic that you bring up because most people are unaware of the levels. Okay. And so, so basically, like when I tried out for and one, I was a junior college player. I was actually on the bench at JUCO. Okay. Played three minutes a game. I think my high, I, one game I played 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. And then there were a lot of games I didn't even get in the game because it was too close. I was a walk-on player. Yeah. So we're not even talking D1. We're talking yeah. junior college. Yeah, ju- community okay. college. Okay. So so going all the way back to the mm-hmm. Then I improved about 300%. Like, literally, I was a different player within the span of, like, three or four months because mm-hmm. I had a different coach. I was getting courage. I finally hit the weights, and I learned to be a little bit more physical on defense. Mm-hmm. When I put those aspects into my game, I was, like, the best player in the gym. Uh you know, that spring after after my freshman year, I'm literally the best player in the gym, and I have a lot of teammates going Division two and Division one. Mm-hmm. So then I go try out for M1. It ends up, in one summer on that reality TV show on ESPN, ends up turning to a career opportunity. I get a contract. Mm-hmm. But now I'm playing with my teammates. These guys have played D1. They've played overseas. A couple okay. guys were in the D League. Okay. Skipped to my lose in the NBA already, even though mm-hmm. he plays with us in mm-hmm. the summers. And so everybody on there is better than me, just strictly, like, even from a mental standpoint, just experience. Mm-hmm. They've played in front of 10,000 people, like, a lot. Yeah, I, yeah. The most people I played against prior to that summer was, like, maybe 150, 200 people in yep. a community college game. Yep. Yep. So so I got a lot better, but that group was really special. We would have NBA players come play with us, uh-huh. and it would just be seamless. We'd go back and forth. Really? You know what I mean? I mean, we didn't have any... Like superstars, yeah. you didn't have like LeBron and no. Kobe and like Jordan up there. No, but you Co- still had uh, NBA level guys. Yeah, Co- Kobe, if you would play, he's scoring hundred points. Yeah. Like, you know what I yeah. mean? Literally. Yeah. So, so there's definitely levels from yeah. the NBA. The NBA is a level up from elite street ball. But, um, but what was cool was as I got older, mm-hmm. um, I made friends with like, like say, like Mike Pemberthy. You know, he was training D one guys, and mm-hmm. like that'll be my workout. I've, mm-hmm. I've worked out with him and. The Holiday brother, Drew Holiday and his brothers, and like I've gotten a chance to play against a lot of NBA talent. And even with the N one era, I played against NBA guys. And then my teammates, you know, say like a bone collector or mm-hmm. an AO. Mm-hmm. When those guys are at their prime, there wasn't dudes in the NBA that could guard them. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Just from a, a street in a street ball game or a one v one. So I gotta play against those dudes every day. Wow. So now when I get to play pickup players or people at the yeah. park, yeah. we're plowing through them because I already played all the beasts. Wow. You know what I mean? I've already okay. witnessed and gotten used to playing, you know, really physical. Yeah. So um, so that's what's helped me is, like, already – I've got busted up by pro players, you know mm-hmm. what I mean, played against, like, Bone, like, virtually, like, an unguardable player, and he's, like, super strong. Mm-hmm. But I'm used to playing against that. Mm-hmm. So that's what's helped me a lot. But as far as levels, yeah, I mean, NBA is a whole other level. It's, a, it's level. a different size, strength, and speed. Got it. Yeah. Size – Size, I feel like from every level you go to, you know, you're at community college, 
and you move up to say like Division Two, it's a little, um, little more size, a little more strength, a little more speed. Mm-hmm. D one, a little more size, a little more speed, more speed. And then when you go to that pro level, mm-hmm. the size, strength, speed, skill level is just like on a whole, a whole nother level. Have you played any pickup games with NBA players? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so I've so I've played it. Like, I've worked out with like NBA players, just like pickup runs. Sure. Um, you know, even like like I played Gilbert Arenas and T Mac did a tour with us in like 2013. I got to play with Iverson. Uh, before, Whoa! Before oh, hold on, what was that like? Yeah, Allen Iverson. Yeah, a you talking about practice? Yeah. <laughs> Actually, practice with Allen Iverson. If you can believe that, we were at practice. But no, uh, yeah, 2012. We did a, a tour in China. It was like a three-game tour. I got to be wow. on the same team as him. Wow. That was super dope because he was like, that was my 2012, you said? 2012. He was still like fairly fit and active at that point, right? Yeah, he had just got through playing the NBA. Yeah. Wow. He hadn't been in the Hall of Fame yet. Yeah. So, yeah, so I played a lot with NBA players. Like, if I play an NBA player today, people wouldn't know it, but like, I'm not saying like I, I would crush it, but like, I go back and forth yeah. with, you know, you know yeah. what I mean? As far as like if we played. Uh, king of the court or 1v1 or 2v2s yeah. uh pickup games like i hit some shots you know what i mean yep. then the audience my audience some of them think like i just like i crush it no matter where i go yeah. my my whole mo though uh and marketability came into looking like an underdog not looking like the part and then when i play against ultra elite talent that i could actually hang and go back and forth yeah. and that was sort of the the jaw drop it wasn't like Whenever I touch the court, I crush it. Because, like, I read comments and some people be like, this dude killed Kyrie. You know what I mean? It's like, the reality is, if we bigger, Would you say bigger, bigger, faster, stronger? 6'3". You know what I mean? I took a picture with Kyrie. You know what I mean? He's a whole other head taller than me and way bigger. So... So that's if I could break down the levels, that's that's probably the best way I could communicate it. Yeah, yeah that's good. Um, somebody asked if you listen to Christian hip hop, CHH. You got some artists that you're a fan of in the CHH space. I don't know it as much. Like watching your channel, like yeah. I, I didn't even know it's as extensive as it is yeah. to be honest. But like I've heard like some Lecrae. Okay. I think that's pretty dope. I heard like that track that you have on in your intro yep. or outro. I think it's dope. Yeah. I like Kanye's Christian album. Yeah, Kanye. But I'm not. I'm not. I don't know it like inside and out. You know Got what I mean? You. But I should dig in a little bit more. Yeah, yeah man. But I had a couple of Lecrae albums. Okay, yeah. dope. I'll create a playlist for you and send you some dope, some dope like indie stuff. There's some. There's a lot of good stuff out okay. there right now. So I'll send you some stuff. Um, uh, next time you come out, we go. We gonna hoop. Let's hoop, man. Let's get it. You know. Oh what I mean? <laughs> snap! But see, if 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 you can hang with the elites, oh. and I can hang with you. That's all I need in my life. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, guys, uh, hopefully this was fun. Check out the professor's uh, channel because I think um, I think you guys will find it valuable. It's actually really cool. Like, it's just fun to look at, and it's clean, and it's fun. Uh, make sure you uh, you follow him on the gram if you're not already. Y'all got to get the one-on-one for uh, for professor. I, 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 don't, I don't think I stand a chance in one-on-one, <laughs> I'll be honest, because I think his shot is just way too wet. Uh, and, yeah, but I think I think, I think think I could – maybe I could keep up. And I'm also 20 it. pounds overweight, and this dude is in elite shape. So I believe it, man. I never judge a book by itself. You know, that's my whole MO. You know what I mean? So you never know. You know? He said a book by itself. What you said? I don't look like a hooper? No, but, no, but, you know, short white guys don't tend, you know, don't tend to get the – the label is a hoop, you know, hoop ready players. So. Yeah, man. So you just, you're, you're, you got an injury right now. You, your hamstring's a little strained. But next yeah. time you come down, we'll, we'll get some in and uh, sure. maybe create some content around it. Um, this was fun, man. Any final words for the people before we get out of here? Um, no, man. I appreciate you guys tuning in. 
Um, I definitely checked out the stream, man. Appreciate your time. Appreciate you, You brother. know what I mean? Yeah. I'm actually down here. Ruslan was actually teaching me some stuff about streaming, and, you know, he was talking about his course he's about to launch. So, uh, no, I appreciate the viewers. Appreciate you. Yeah, man. We're going to get him on the on the streaming side and just, just dropping stuff all the time. So, I'm excited. Guys, thank you so much. Give this video a thumbs up. Tell a friend to tell a friend. Make sure you're subscribed. And, uh, and stay tuned. My seat out with that one-on-one -on -one game, me getting embarrassed, making sure I'm watching the waist and not the, not the face, right? We're going we gonna to see. So thank you guys. Appreciate y'all. Peace. Joshua the king came down and bore it all. Yeah. Conversations front of the fireplace. All of my mistakes out of wire race. Want to operate at a higher pace. Birth pains causing the body to dilate On a first name basis with the worst pain facing